Hello, hello. Welcome to the Being Animal podcast. I am your priestess and your host, Rachel Leibovich. And we are so, so grateful that you are spending your time listening and tuning in to my musings and thoughts as we go on this wild journey of what it means to be animal together. Thank you so much for being our comrades, our co-conspirators, and our fellow thinkers and prayers for this mission. Today we're continuing our week-long theme of befriending the nightmare and what that looks like, how we do it, and going a little bit deeper into this idea of nightmares and dreams and alchemy and how exactly we do that. And in contemplating this theme, I was immediately brought back to how I started this podcast, which if you've been with us from the very, very beginning, you will know that obviously these are kind of low budget podcasts. Um, I'm speaking right into my voice notes app or my garage band uh, app on my computer or my phone. I'm not editing them at all, and I'm just immediately uploading my first take without even giving it a listen back. And this all started way back um, when I realized I was nursing this like good girl wound. And this consistent problem of people-pleasing and being terrified to say anything because I just... I didn't want to be canceled. I was like terrified of making somebody else feel uncomfortable. And that was rooted in a place of like wanting to do right by my community and wanting to uphold the highest standards of justice in my mission for peace. But its affect was extremely negative, right? Like I wasn't healing anybody. I was only keeping my gifts quiet. And in order to free my voice, I started this podcast, which was a massive edge for me. Um, In thinking about nightmares, when my biggest nightmare was I would say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or get canceled on the internet or be called out and then canceled or, you know, whatever the situation is, when people would look at me and say, oh, she's a fraud or, um, you know, whatever the the situation was, to stare at the idea of uncensored publication, uncensored talking, um, the risk of being called out when you raise your voice, to look at that in the eye and then still upload the podcast was, for me, my first real foray into consciously facing my nightmare knowing that that's what I was doing. And I uploaded the first podcast and didn't tell anybody about it. I published it. Um, nobody even knew it existed. And then after I had like two or three podcasts out, I think then I posted on my Instagram or something about it. And then slowly it got added to my website. And for a really long time, I didn't check any metrics on it because I was so terrified that people would actually listen to it and hear this wisdom that I was sharing. But then when I did, I realized that actually a lot of people are tuning in to this podcast. 
and all of the things that came with my nightmares before about being heard and being called out and being canceled came up again. And, you know, I would check my metrics every week, like, oh, did less people listen to me this week or less people sharing my stuff? You know, it kind of became this new, like, am I not being called out publicly, but I'm just kind of being pushed aside, like kind of, kind of like a quiet cancel, right? And this pattern of constantly being afraid to share my voice is met by me constantly sharing my voice more. So when I realized that I was doing this thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, like who's listening to my podcast? Like how can I you know, make sure that it's like tailored a little bit more, or maybe I should write out what I say before I say it, or, you know, like changing the way that I do things in order to be people pleasing. I switched platforms to Substack. I started writing way more newsletters and recording more podcasts and being on Instagram ever than before. And the truth of it is, it's not about the actual practice of being on social media or marketing or whatever it is. But the practice of first noticing this nightmare that's I've had of being canceled and thinking, okay, I am aware that I'm afraid of this. Then watching the ways that it manifests in my life and saying, okay, this is clearly, you know, stopping me from living and achieving my highest goal. What could I possibly do to challenge this? And then doing the exact thing that you're afraid of. That's the alchemy. And there are so many ways in which we are trained to not ever do this or to like run away from our nightmares with such full force intensity. And that has a lot to do with the fact that it takes bravery, it takes courage, it takes all these skills that once we develop make us unstoppable right? If we create an entire coalition of individuals who are willing to again and again walk through the fire, feel the pressure that carbon feels before it turns into a diamond, feel the dissolving of the caterpillar before it becomes a butterfly, what can we achieve on the other side of that? It makes us unstoppable, uncontrollable, completely sovereign. And we're always taught to outsource our sovereignty, our practices in the chaos in order to make our our fears less than, right? We're not taught to face our fears, we're taught to avoid them. And in some ways, you know, this is part of hustle culture where it's like, just throw yourself into your work and you don't have to think about anything else. Or some escapist techniques, like I always get sucked into my phone and on social media or television or you know, whatever the situation is that's taking you away from the real thing. And a lot of people make money off of that, right? Because they can sense that it's a desperation grasp. You're desperately trying to avoid the nightmare. You do not want to go there. So you're trying to do anything. You're trying to buy cookbooks because you just need to cook for a while to, and then you'll eat and then you'll feel better. Or you're trying to buy a new Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, whatever subscription so that you can watch the new thing to enter this portal endlessly so that you don't have to think or 
um, you know, really anything that takes away from truly looking deep at your nightmare. But the truth of it is you actually won't know your authentic self until you look at all the parts of you, the dream parts, the reality parts, the nightmare parts, as a full holistic version of who you are. And it feels like when you start pulling at the thread of one nightmare, one dream, one version of reality, all of a sudden all these other ones tumble through. And it's a constant cycle of living from the nightmare to the dream, nightmare, dream, reality, reality, nightmare, dream, nightmare, nightmare, dream, nightmare, reality, constantly coming together to create the human experience, to create the mortal experience. And this space of nightmares is actually so holy and so sacred. But it's also really uncomfortable. And so can we hold discomfort in our bodies and in our spirits? And when we hold that discomfort, what do we actually gain on the other side? There have been so many times where I've been talking with friends or doing the work or, you know, practice of whatever the situation and it gets to the point where I feel like I want to run away right? Like my chest gets a little tight. I start to sweat a little bit. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to cry. And my immediate instinct is to just be like, oh no, it's fine. Like I'm totally fine. Or we don't have to talk about this anymore or change the subject or deflect, reflect, escape back on some other topic. But when I choose to hold that, even for a couple more seconds, I get to what's actually living underneath that, which is the real, the real problem, the real feeling, the real work that needs to be done. And when you can hold that kind of discomfort for longer and longer, when you can hold the nightmare in your system for longer and longer, you can hold the dream even bigger than you ever thought possible. There are so many ancestral traditions in, obviously, Judaism, because that's what I practice and what my lineage is, but truly all over the world, that see the immense understanding and value and importance of our nightmares. So many rituals to cleanse the body, to go deeper into the meaning, to connect with the ancestral realm and the dream world. And we've completely ignored them for so long in the flight for comfort. And this is a movement of people who are no longer participating in that flight. We are standing with our feet to the flames, staring down into ourselves even deeper than before, going deeper into our nightmares than we thought possible, and coming out on the other side in the dreamiest dream world we can imagine. It's not easy. It's also not to be done alone. So often when we're in the throes of our nightmares, we get 
told all these things about who we are and who we're surrounding ourselves with that aren't true. It's not serving our highest being. But you don't have to do any part of your nightmare alone. Just like you can't do any part of your dreams or dreams to reality alone. We're always meant to be held in community when we face our nightmares, when we live our dreams, when we pursue the vision of the dream world as reality. We don't have to be solitary in these movements. If we take the idea of a nightmare as uh, the current circumstances that we may be in, and we think about the ways in which humanity has corrupted, oppressed, created violence in ourselves and in our communities, that's, that's the nightmare, the ultimate form of the nightmare. So being able to hold the frequency hold the discomfort of truly knowing how bad the situation is is extremely potent for our work of alchemizing that nightmare into the dream to hold the vision of the opposite to know how the world could be different what we could do to solve the nightmare problems, the intricacies that we could create to build a new world. And then together to move that into the reality realm. It's hard to do that. I don't know if anybody else can relate to the trope of the feminist killjoy, right? The person who is educated on literally everything and um, knows the ways in which corruption lives there is a beautiful work by Sarah Ahmed called the Killjoy Manifesto, which points to the fact that the feminist killjoy is not inherently themselves a killjoy or the nightmare, but rather the one who brings the waking world to light, the nightmare that we are living in the waking world to light. The next step of that is, can the feminist killjoy then become the dreamer? Can you take this knowledge, these intricacies, and vision something bigger? Can we think ourselves? Can we move ourselves? Can we feel ourselves differently? And then can we live like that? regardless of where the waking world is, can we make our reality the dream one? And of course, this is what we're talking about at Esperanza's Acres right now. This is on our mind as we are in the season of Purim, we're in the season of Passover, we're at this time in the year when we're cracking open the last ice blocks of winter and into laying the seeds of spring. We're thinking about, okay, we're emerging from this winter. In some ways, we're emerging from the nightmare realm. We've done the shadow work. We've done the inner work. 
it's come to light what could live in our dreams now that we've done this. And that's part of the reason why we're launching our brand new offerings of the Foundations of Dreaming and Foundations of Dreams, um, Foundations of Dream Interpretation, because we are realizing that this is actually the work that needs to be done in order for collective liberation and sovereignty to take center stage. So we've got those offerings on our shiny new Apothecary website, our online storefront for all of you who are looking to go into this work and do this work a little bit deeper. Perhaps you've never had a dreaming practice or even a sleep ritual. Perhaps you've actually never even slept very well and are looking to change that. Perhaps you're just looking not necessarily even for the sleep component of dreaming, but the revolutionary work of coalition building and transformation of society. That's the work that we're doing here. So we would love to see and hear and feel all of you in that space. Our first offering launches March 21st, so we hope to see you there. We also are on Substack, which is where you may have found our podcast. We've got a whole slew of newsletters for you. We've got our new moon newsletter that you can subscribe to. We've got the Esperanza's Updates blog that goes out every week and is closely tied to the themes of this podcast. And we've also got a couple treats for you if you toss some money our way. We'll send you an herbal monograph a month, and we'll also send you a... a Esperanza's From Scratch newsletter that has more information about all the goodies that you can get into when you start doing homesteading. As you know, Esperanza's Acres is an urban farm. We live in Madison, Wisconsin, and we've just begun the journey with urban farming, and it's already yielded so much knowledge and cyclicality and connection to the earth, and there are a lot of tips and tricks to doing it in the city limits, so... If that sounds interesting at all to you, please feel free to subscribe to our Substack. Um, we have so, so, so many offerings that are free and low cost, and we hope to see you all there. But in order to keep everything running, um, we do rely on these types of low-paying subscriptions. So if you can help us out, it goes a long way in our community. And also, if you want to go more deep, with the Being Animal podcast. You can reach out to us right on Substack, send us a message, send us some comments. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you thinking and feeling about your nightmares? What do you think about the podcast? Is there something that you want us to chat about that we haven't chatted about yet? We're always here for it. So as we close, I'm sending you out with a real intensive and very intentional blessing to hold yourself with so much gentleness as you be in this work to hold yourself with so much compassion as we start this journey into the scariest realms of the unknown staring right in the face of nightmares believing that we could be alchemists in the new world, that we could make the dreams the reality. I see this power in you. 
I know your gifts, your unique bringings to this world are necessary for this transformation. We cannot do it without you. You are crucial to this nightmare becoming a dream, becoming a reality. And we'd love to see you there. I'll always be seeing all of you in the dream world and in the astral realm, the ether, know that we're all connected. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next week. So much love.